0: Hey ladies, it's your favorite dating coach here. Do these titles sound familiar at all? Uh, what to do until love finds you? Secrets of an irresistible woman.
1: What are the three biggest mistakes women make in relationships? <laughs> hey, what's up, ladies? So today I'm going to show you guys ten ways to make a guy weak for you. So how do you become a high-value woman that men will never want to leave? You're smart. Sexy. Coming up. A, year and a half ago, she said she was fat, broke, and miserable. Now she's happier than ever. how she do it? All right. Hello, Hi. everybody. We are back in the studio, which, as you know now, is my bedroom, and I am here with my nabe—that is, neighbor—for those of you who don't know our language, neighbor Ashley, and she is going to be joining me today to review our book *Passionista*. The Empowered Woman's Guide to Pleasuring a Man. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Nabe Carla. I'm so glad that you're here. So excited. I'm so glad that you brought wine. Of course. (laughs) We're drinking wine, and we can do that. It's delicious. Clink. Mm -hmm. Rosé is my favorite, so thank you for that. I'm very happy about the whole thing. I had some um, dark chocolate. Trader Joe's peanut butter cups that I was going to save, but I didn't. I ate them. (laughs) That's what happens. (laughs) So um, tell the listeners a little bit about you. Tell them who you are, what you do, why Um, you do it. Well, I am, as Carla said, Nabe and crazy cat lady. Nabe. She's also
0: an aunt to my cats. Yes, our cats are our besties, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Yep. I work in fundraising by day. Yes. And hang out with cats at night.
1: Yeah, that's the life. Can you talk about what you do in fundraising or do you not want to talk about it? Probably not. Okay. Let's just, we'll, we'll put it this way. Ashley raises money for something that is very necessary in the world. And she's awesome. So just keep that in mind. But we don't want to say what it is because sometimes people get offended when women talk about sex on the internet. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> Prudes. okay so questions so I've known you for many years one of the first memories that I have of you Ashley was uh when we were first getting to know each other and you invited me to a little party at your house and this was a party where women would convene and share and buy sex toys. And that is correct. <laughs> I
0: think
1: it was one of the very first times that we hung out. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had seen each other peripherally in yeah. group settings, but yeah, that was like the first night we really, I remember, and then like a bunch of us went out after, yeah. after we all bought our dildos and so stuff. we got all lubed up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I still – so, yeah, there's a couple products from that night that I still – well, I'm still single, so it do, maybe it doesn't work. But um, the, you know, the oil, the – Oh, the pheromones. The pheromones. I love those. The, they work when you go out. Now, they haven't – necessarily resulted in a long-term relationship but i've noticed when i wear it and it could just be even just a psychological thing right very possible i'm wearing something that is going to attract men to me the sex is coming yeah whether they like it or not they want me (laughs) (laughs) and i remember like the shaving cream was amazing the the, shaving coochie cream the coochie cream that shit was awesome so good I love that stuff. i still have it too i use it all the time. it's good do you still order stuff
0: um not recently uh-huh. but um actually i do i get say so they have bath and body products yeah and right, they have right. some really great hair stuff that yeah I use. so oh, okay. I, I get that all the time and then sometimes they get a couple little little bonus samples tossed in so right i mean we can have another party we should have
1: another party well it so it's Athena's goddess Athena's home novelties Athena's home novelties Um, Um, and it's like you it's like Tupperware but for orgasms yeah
0: yeah yeah I was a a goddess yes uh, you were for many years and you still are organization (laughs) Um, and it was it was pretty much the easiest money I ever made
1: because women love sex yeah right it must just sell itself it does okay I'm here for it I'm here for it. So, okay. At that point, you had not landed a man. I had not. But were you ever actively like, I'm... Because tr- there's a lot of women now that are like, eh, if it happens, it happens. Or there's women that are like, if I don't meet a man soon, I'm going to die alone and I'm going to be a cat lady for the rest yeah, of Which I'm kind of one of those. There's
0: nothing wrong with being a
1: cat lady. There's nothing wrong with being a cat lady. When So when you... The point that you landed your man... Were you like in an active search for meeting somebody or did it just kind of happen?
0: Um, Well, I landed my man. Uh, We actually just celebrated our fifth anniversary together a few weeks ago. Um, So that is wonderful. At that time I was not super active. I had um, sort of taken a break from the online dating Mm -hmm. world, the disasters of of Tinder. Yes. Um, And we, we met in real life in a, with, with friends IRL right which was right. pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> hashtag uh, IRL <laughs> so yeah at that point I had kind of just decided to take a break and I feel like that's kind of when it opened up and came in mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty great and in the beginning we were pretty casual about it and it, it evolved which mm-hmm. which I appreciated
1: yeah no it did seem to just kind of naturally happen it just it wasn't something that felt forced or anything it's just like all of a sudden you guys were dating and then all of a sudden you guys were dating more and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you guys were an item and then and then all of a sudden you guys were living together yeah <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was picking you up from your anniversary day I know
0: after <laughs> several Mai
1: ties, several Mai ties, which I'm all about Mai ties. so prior to that then you were out there online meeting people what are some of the let's say most horrendous stories that you could share. Where do
0: I start? So I actually previously worked for Tony Robbins many moons ago and one of my life coaches that I had while there was encouraging me to try online dating. I was very hesitant Um, and this was back in 2009 2010 ish did a life coach come with the job sort of because i worked in the life coaching department Mm -hmm. so i was naturally going to absorb many life coaches
1: right right um,
0: and was luckily able to work with one exclusively for a few uh years while i was there which was pretty cool okay um but yeah so she was encouraging me to try online dating i was hesitant you know it was the very early days of Match.com and Plenty of Fish and all of those. It's like, I'm young, I'm cute, I can meet people in real life. I wouldn't go that route just yet, but then I moved to Boston for grad school and I had a lot of friends there. I'm from the East Coast, but I thought, hey, you know, I'm in a new city, gotta meet some new people. Right, I'm trying i Let's give it a shot. So I signed up for, for OK Cupid. Um, I think I was the only one at the time. Tinder wasn't out just yet, mm-hmm. so I met oh God. I met some people in Boston. That was the
1: beginning of the end. Tinder was oh. the beginning of the end. I mean, <laughs> it is it's end times for sure.
0: But yeah, I met some weirdos in Boston, some nice guys. Um, and when I came back here to to San Diego, I was like, you know what? Might as well just keep this rolling. There was one guy I remember because I actually went to therapy. Mm-hmm. And then immediately following my therapy appointment, I had a date with this guy that we had been chatting on Tinder for a little bit. And we decided to meet in Old Town. And after like some discussion of like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make this place in old town. Get there, he walks up, looks completely normal. We hug, we walk in, gives me a hug, we walk into the into the bar, sit down, and he was silent (laughs) so I was trying to pull out so what'd you do last night how was your day what do you like to drink just anything to have any sort of conversation um and it was very like one word answers the bartender comes we order he got a water and I ordered a margarita oh my god and so we're sitting there and again just trying to pull out Mm -hmm. like pulling teeth just like come on man like let's talk about something so the bartender brings uh the water out first I'm still sitting there, have not even gotten my drink. He pounds his water and he's like, Yeah, I took a sleeping pill last night, so I don't want to drink today because I feel like it'll like fuck things up. Like, okay. Okay. So that's then he fine. he finishes his water, my drink arrives, and he's like, Yeah, um, you know what? I feel like we don't have anything in common, so I'm just gonna go. <laughs> and then he walked out of the bar and I Sat there and finished my drink and texted all of my friends and kind of looked around. I was like, did anybody else just see that happen? Right, right. What the fuck? We Uh didn't even talk about anything. Right. So that was a weirdo for sure. That is
1: so... (laughs) But you dodged a bullet there, though, right? I mean, obviously, this is not somebody that you would have ever been able to connect with on any level. But it's like when... This is what drives me crazy. So people do shit like that. And then for some reason, you're the one that feels slighted even though he's the asshole yeah. that's acting like that it's like what is wrong with you yeah who does that you know but for some reason it's like you t- i absorb that stuff and take it personally like is yeah. something wrong with me it's like no no
0: luckily with this guy because it was so outrageous i was like no clearly <laughs> this guy is a freaking weirdo yeah thank goodness <laughs> like it ended after 15 minutes <laughs>
1: And I didn't waste any
0: more time than I oh, needed. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was one other guy that was actually... I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate him, too. <laughs> um, but there was actually, you know, on Tinder, how it, like, connects to your Facebook, so if you have a friend in common, it, like, will yes. tell you. So one of my very good friends that I see very frequently we have in common with this guy. And so I was like, hey, what's up with this guy? Like, we matched on Tinder. You know, what do you think? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's a nice guy. He like does this for work like he's pretty wealthy like yeah go for it mm-hmm. so we connected go on a date he took me to la jolla very mm-hmm. fancy went to george's on the cove for a beverage nice and then he lived nearby uh-huh. like across the street uh-huh. and so he's like do you want to go back to my place and have a drink and i was like are you rapey right <laughs> and he was like no I don't think I'm rapey. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, just don't be rapey and I'll come back and have a drink. Yeah. And <laughs> then yeah. We, we had one beverage and I said goodnight and left and went on my way and never heard from him again. So apparently he didn't like being called rapey yeah. or being accused of yeah. possibly being rapey.
1: I can get that. I but can get that. No, As a girl, can't be too too safe. Well, and it's like, there's also, you, you're trying to have a sense of humor about it, but you're trying to say like,
0: um, I will go
1: to your house. But it's a it's. I'm not
0: guaranteeing yeah. sex. I'm being cautious of my safety yeah. and my sanity.
1: Yeah, right. My guess is is that he probably had every intention of trying to hook up, and when you said that, yeah. it shut him down, and he was like, "Okay, peace out. I'm yeah. not gonna play. Don't wanna play ball." <laughs> I mean, Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But it's like to me that's just something that you're kind of trying to be silly but i can see how long ago was that it was like that was probably more than
0: 2013
1: so definitely before <laughs> hashtag because i'm thinking like if you said that to a guy now yeah he'd probably flip out like this girl's going to accuse me of rape and i'm yeah. going to jail forever we're going to be doing a rape kit at the end of the night and i haven't even kissed her yet like yeah. i can just imagine you know like now if you said that just trying to be funny i yeah, think it, it would, would just taken the terrify world. yeah most men would be like Oh hell no. I am not going to like even risk, you know. Yeah. Which is funny because just statistically it's very rare that a woman falsifies a rape accusation. Yes. It's very rare. But um I could see where now that would really not go over very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you're like in you're in kind of a relationship and from out from the outside it seems like you guys are in a pretty like comfortable, steady, good, solid relationship. What is that like? I mean, you know,
0: Uh, well, this is definitely my longest term relationship
1: Mm -hmm. in life. Yeah.
0: Romantic relationship. So that's, it's been interesting to navigate, um, just a lot of learning experiences and coming from new England. I was very closed off growing up. We didn't talk about our feelings. That wasn't a thing that we did. And, um, you know, now that it's, it's 2020, like we talk about feelings and we share. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely been a time to grow in the, into sharing my feelings and sharing my opinions and what I think and what I want and what I feel. And so that, it was very hard in the beginning. And luckily my partner now has been very understanding and helpful and yeah, is very supportive in helping me to get to that point and right. to grow and share. So,
1: yeah. Well, no, he definitely strikes. So, I mean, I've known him about the same amount of time as you have but I've known him peripherally for years and just being his friend I just feel like he's somebody that he's probably very in touch with his emotions he seems very sensitive you know like but in a very masculine way like I'm in touch with my emotions and I don't give a fuck yeah. if that bothers you or not so I, I feel like he's the type of guy that you would feel safe yes confiding in and- yeah he definitely provides that safe space of let's talk about,
0: you know, whatever's coming up or for either one of us, for us as a couple. So yeah,
1: it's been a good experience. That's awesome. Yeah. No, you guys are such a great couple. It's just like, it's nice when you see people that are in a couple and you, you, there's no like conflict. Like you just know that these two people are enjoying being together, you know, cause I just feel like there's a lot of couples that just struggle with just um, being present for each other. Yeah. And stuff. Uh, And I've learned so much through this podcast about how I would like to be in a relationship. So hopefully one day I'll get to practice it. Yeah. I have a lot of information now. (laughs) 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 Lots and lots of books. Okay. The book this week, let's get to it. Let's get right to it. It's about blowjobs. No. Okay. It's about more (laughs) than just blowjobs, but it really is about um, very specifically about how to pleasure men. And this is the same uh, author that we did the book, She Comes First. So it's Ian Kerner, PhD. And he wrote She Comes First, which was a plethora of information about going down on women. This book is about, a lot about pleasuring men. But as I was telling you before when we were discussing the book, it's like also... I think he really tries to get into the psychology of the man's mind a little bit more than he did, and she comes first, probably because he is a man. So I felt like this book had a lot more insight for me as a woman reading it, and not just the the mechanics of it, but also the mental stimulation that goes along with really like pleasuring a man outside of the bedroom too, which which I appreciated. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it. And some of the criticism of the book is is that it's a little bit too on the nose, that he might be a little condescending. Um, those are fair criticisms. This book was written in 2008. So a lot has happened since 2008 to now. I mean, that was fucking 12 ago. years ago. I mean, it's crazy. So Ian Kerner, just to repeat, if you guys have not listened to She Comes First, which I am shocked if you haven't. He is a psychotherapist and nationally recognized sexuality counselor. He specializes in sex therapy, couples therapy, and he works with uh, individuals on a range of relational issues. Uh, So he's basically like a couples counselor, but also like a sex therapist, which I think is fascinating because when you get into uh, like marriage and family therapy, and there's a lot of different variations of that. But when you're count when you're going to counseling and you're not addressing the sexuality of your relationship, it's like how Yeah, that's a major aspect of a romantic relationship. Right. Well it should be. I mean that's what sets that relationship aside mm-hmm. from all of your other relationships is that you that person's penis goes inside of you. Or whatever it is. If you're a lesbian you do, you do that thing if you're gay, whatever it is, but you're sharing genitals. So it's <laughs> like, it's diff you know, it's a different dynamic. And so I feel like to counsel couples without talking about sex is a disadvantage. And I'm finding that these sex books are giving me more useful, solid information than any of the other relationships books, relationship books that I have read, mm-hmm. hands down. But anyway, so he wrote, she comes first. He wrote another book that he wrote that I want to read for a different season. Uh, you're not that into him either. I saw that on the cover. Yes, this right. That one looks really cool. I've never mm-hmm. heard of that one. And I want to read that one because I'm interested on his take on that for sure. Because it's true. It's like, I've spent so much of my life wondering if a guy liked me Mm -hmm. do I really like this person do I really want to be with him yeah
0: I've been there as well
1: yeah right yeah it's you spend so much
0: energy of like oh my god he didn't call me back he didn't text me he didn't want to do this thing but it's like do I even care yeah like did I want to spend Saturday afternoon doing
1: this thing with him yeah
0: a lot of the time it's just like you just want to feel wanted. So exactly. It doesn't even
1: matter who it is. You just want the reciprocation. Mm-hmm. And then you realize like, well, maybe that's not somebody that I wanted to be with. Yeah. And I've been realizing that more lately going over my kind of Rolodex of people that I've dated and stuff in the past couple of years and thinking, why was I so hung up on that person yeah. like following through? Why did I care? Yeah. That, you know, they ended up in some instances ended up being such flakes and such disappointments that it's like those red flags were there from day one. So, so let's get into some of the things that I really liked about this book. He talks about this uh, shaky bridge exercise Mm -hmm. that they did with men. And so what it was, was they had this attractive woman. She would approach men on a shaky bridge and they would have these. They would have the men walk across the bridge. She would approach the men and she would say that she was a psychology researcher and could she ask them a few questions. So they would say yes. They're on the shaky bridge. They would. She would ask the questions, take the answers, and then she would say, "Here's my number. Call me for the result." They would have the same woman approach men on a different foundation that was not a shaky bridge. That was like a solid foundation, no shaking, and she would do the same thing. I can I ask you some questions I'm a psychology researcher and they would say yes. And then she'd give them their number and say, call me for the results. Well, the researchers found that the men who were on the shaky bridge, hands down more than the other men would call her back. And in some cases it her out on a date. So their conclusion was is that men have more confidence when they're not completely assured. So this mm-hmm. is why men are attracted to women who are more mysterious or women who aren't just totally available or, you know, women that they heart they can't get a hold of them. Well, that's it's, sort of like what we were just talking about, of getting hung up on those guys. Yeah, it's like, that's what we do yeah. all the time. And we don't make ourselves, most women don't make ourselves unavailable to men. It's usually the other way around. But the women that do, those are typically the ones that men are chasing down because they're like, why doesn't she, why isn't she paying attention to me? And they just kind of found that men liked that feeling of like not being sure. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. I thought it was totally fascinating. And he, you know, and he said that that's something that, you know, not that you're going to withhold anything from, from your man or anything like that, but that you need to give them a little bit of pushback and not make everything so easy, which we can argue the, morality of that all day Mm -hmm. like well i'm i'm not going to play those games or i'm not whatever well fine don't but this is what men respond to this is what men psychologically respond to so i'm that's all i'm saying so basically the book kind of breaks down it's uh goes through in chapters it says you know uh transform yourself from passion victim to passionista which really is like inviting women to kind of take over the seduction role Mm -hmm. in a more profound way with men um, and let, let women be more in charge. Hey, I'm I'm here for it. But in charge, how of just of initiation of how creative you get with when you actually are in the bedroom. There's a lot of tips and hints and tricks in here of like how to pleasure men going from you know, all of the parts, including the, butt. (laughs) like everything's included. He talks about it all, like how to be creative. So I, you know, I enjoy that. Some of the information is like, is not as useful as others uh, or some of the information is not as useful as other information in the book, but for the most part, it's just kind of something to put in your index to have is, you know, well, this is what I know about the male body. And I mean, I know a lot about my body. Uh, I've had surgery. I've been through all kinds. Of, I know a lot about the female body, but I don't know as much about the male body. I like to think that I know. You mm-hmm. um, don't I, physically own penises. So. We don't. We don't. And men don't own vaginas. And I think penises are a little bit more, not as much of a mystery as the vagina.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, right it's here. all out there. Yeah. It's like, Literally. oh, this is what I'm working with. But men have to go on a little bit of a adventure to, mm-hmm. to figure out, you know. <laughs> it, I, I could see where it could be a little yes. daunting. <laughs> um, he talks about stuff like um, he does deal with, um, he deals with erectile dysfunction in the book. Y- you can do that research yourself if you would like to. <laughs> It, it's good to know. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of information in there. Um, ultimately, kind of letting women know that if, it, if that is an issue with your partner, it's most likely not your fault. There's something going on psychologically, sometimes physically, mm-hmm. that's preventing them from having an erection. And so definitely encourages men to go to the doctor and figure out what's going on. Go to your medical doctor first and then go see a therapist and figure out why you're having this issue. He's like, and it's so stigmatized that men don't do that. Men won't go. They just are like struggling with the fact that they can't get an erection and they don't know why. And he's like, there's resources, right? There are ways to solve the issue. We like that. Here's an interesting one. So it says, what does the male orgasm feel like? Have you ever had a guy tell you, like, what it feels like? I haven't heard words used to describe it.
0: Really? I mean, obviously, I've felt it myself. Yeah, yeah, of course. But no, nobody, I haven't had anyone describe it to me.
1: Yeah. One of the guys that I was with said that it felt like when, he tried to explain it, like, when you sneeze and they say it feels like an orgasm, That's the same response in your body Mm -hmm. as an orgasm. of Like, the release. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's like, it's like that, but with this sensation of like a tickling, like pleasurable tickling feeling that you cannot replicate. That's like the most incredible tickling, you know, that mm-hmm. I was like, okay, all right, okay. Because it's hard for me to describe yeah. my orgasms and how it feels. Yeah, And everybody's so unique and different. Right. In how right. they experience them. Speaking of that, so men are very different in how they ejaculate too. Really? Yeah. So... Here's a little thing that's in here that I thought was fun. Top 10 things you always want to know about sperm, but we're afraid to ask. Tell me more. <laughs> okay. The average volume of a single ejaculation is around a teaspoon. Hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: It always feels like so much more. Yeah. But it says that's about the average. Hmm. The main ingredient is fructose. I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It does not taste like fructose, no. but okay, fine. Uh, five calories in an average ejaculate good to know good to know yeah. yep. you're watching to your carbs and... yeah totally protein six milligrams huh. all right zero fat i mean it's very friendly like as yeah. far as nutritionally it's very nutritionally friendly. average speed of expulsion 25 miles an hour I, I have heard this yes i'm now you would think most guys think that they're like a volcano erupting, yes. but 25 miles an hour that's like I mean, pretty substantial for okay something I mean, to be exiting a body a car can go a mile a minute yeah a car can go six but if you minutes. were hit by a car going 25 <laughs> miles an hour it was still <laughs> it you'd feel it god i'm glad it doesn't feel like that shit <laughs> average duration of the male orgasm is four to eight seconds That's four to it? eight
0: yeah oh yeah i've i feel like i've
1: I've experienced longer from, I, I from like men. too. And maybe that's just an average. Yeah. Because I think that would... I'm guessing that has a lot more to do with how long the foreplay lasted, what the build was, mm-hmm. when, when was the last time they had sex, when, yeah, it, when it was the know, last time they ejaculated. Yeah, there's got to be a lot. Because, you know, like, if you have sex with a guy at, like, say, 9 o'clock, and he comes, and then you have sex at midnight... That orgasm later is going to yeah. take a little bit longer uh, and it might last a little bit longer because mm-hmm. they're a little bit more relaxed at that point. Um, average amount of sperm produced over the lifetime of a male 14 gallons. Hmm,
0: whole, whole. I mean, I feel like that's what they would produce when they're like 14 is
1: 14 gallons. So. <laughs> you know like, no but that's over the huh. whole lifetime which is it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Really. Average number of spurts 4 to 8. Okay. That okay. makes sense, yeah. right? That's, you know, yeah. That Yeah, sounds about right. Longest money shot in video history. 27.5 inches. Huh. That's really not was that like a long jump kind of measurement? Like how did they I uh, guess.
0: Be yeah. Be curious to learn more about that.
1: Record setting attempts. Yeah, I, I would like to too. The, and all this information was taken from Joseph Cohen's The Penis book, by the way. It's just I a mean, fun little section in this book that I thought was fascinating. Sounds like another book for the pod. Absolutely it does. We are doing uh next season is all male. It's just all men's stuff because we focus on relationships, we focus on sex. Next time we're going to do relationships and sex books just them in. Something that I enjoyed. So they talk about this, which I thought was interesting because this is something I've struggled with. So when when you get into a fight with a dude and then you have sex with him, according to what Dr. Ian Kerner, PhD says, Mm -hmm. once you have an argument and then you have sex, nine times out of 10, the guy's like, all right, cool. We're all made up. That's great. And then the woman is still in, I hate you and I'm not going to talk to you again, but I will have sex with you. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about how it's so confusing for men because men express themselves, they express emotions through sex. They express like their emotional life and, and their like and, and being in love mm-hmm. through sex with their partner. So I don't know how that works when you they clearly don't have a partner and they're just getting off but when they're in a relationship sex is is love for a lot of men so when you're having sex and you're angry men can't wrap their heads around how women can flip the switch so so quickly yeah 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 Yeah. what do you think about that like is that something that's come up for you or
0: not really i've been lucky enough to mostly resolve any sort of Issues, But, I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes the occasional angry hate sex is a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what? We've been built up into this tizzy. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Let it go in one sense. But still hanging on to
1: it mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And so, do you do that? Like, are you able to let go? Or? I can separate. Yeah. The physical from, I'm still mad at you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think I've, I've dealt with that in this current relationship mm-hmm. um, that's great yeah that's actually really good <laughs> moving on yeah. you know like, i don't, oh, I don't deal with that shit yeah. no that's awesome so let's see some other stuff that i really love oh this is another thing so he talks about in the book how couples have real issues expressing their fantasies to each other and kind of struggle with telling each other their kinky dreams or their naughty desires, whatever. And so he talks about this one client who she created this kind of way with her partner to deal with that. So she would always just tell her partner that she had had a dream about what he had done to her. So they could kind of bridge the gap Mm -hmm. as far as having, you know, like, getting their fantasies out and so she would tell him I had a dream that you did so and so to me and then basically giving him then permission to do that thing which I thought was fascinating I mean Mm -hmm. I thought well that's one way to get there I mean you know
0: yeah well I mean I feel like in each of my uh relationships we've always kind of developed our own language of of just sharing things or or different ways to say things to each other to kind of take that pressure off of yourself yeah so yeah. I can
1: see that as a as being a thing. Have you ever though like do you have issues expressing? Uh, not your desires. I feel like
0: not so much in uh, this
1: current relationship, which is great. Oh my god, you were you were an Athena's goddess. I ago. know.
0: I mean, people called me a sex wizard when I was <laughs> in those vibrators. But I mean, I feel like when I was younger, like I definitely um, was a lot more conservative and didn't really connect with my sexuality in that way Mm -hmm. but now that I've gotten a little bit older I've got some more experience you know I feel like hey
1: I'm a woman I'm gonna I'm gonna share what I feel and what I want yeah yeah yeah. and I think I think too because this book is a little dated 2008 is not that long ago but it's but it is sexually I think it's a long time ago. sexually it's decades yeah I think yeah I think sexual mores and norms and things have It's come a long way. Yeah, definitely. Which is fascinating because it's it's like, it's not. Yeah. I mean, I feel like,
0: you know, back in 2008, around that time, you know, I feel like I had some fantasies or desires that I felt that I was very uh, nervous about expressing, you know, even to myself. So it definitely would have been difficult to share with a partner. Yeah. Uh, But I feel like, you know, now is as the conversation in the world has shifted to more, sexual fluidity and gender fluidity you know that's a lot more acceptable it's a lot more mainstream so now it's definitely easier to talk about or easier to share um, you know even easier to admit to yourself you know i find this interesting or i'd really like to give this a try so right i feel like now it's
1: it's a whole different landscape yeah totally no i agree it is and i think you know i think what i found with like online dating and stuff the sexual stuff uh, is so expedited it happens mm-hmm. so much quicker i mean even in a first conversation with a guy oftentimes you start talking about sex and there's just i think more of a willingness to admit that we're sexual creatures and we want to have sex and people are more bound to to do it quicker mm-hmm. than maybe they had in the past in some ways it's almost hypersexual And it's fine if you're there with somebody. Yeah. Sometimes you're not there yet, you know? So I think it, it depends. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, (laughs) it's an interesting dynamic for sure. The other thing that he talks about in here, well, he talks about a lot, but I, I really loved this passage about kissing because speaking of like speeding up and expediting things and just not feeling really connected. Because in essence, you're like basically with a stranger a lot of the time. Yeah. Not a lot. Of, I'm not, I'm not looking for Mr. Goodbar or anything, but I'm just saying like you, you might end up having sex with somebody that you don't know that well. Mm-hmm. It does. It, it is want to happen. So it says not that you shouldn't have a knowledge of technique based on an understanding of sexual response and physiology, but whether you're kissing, hugging, orally or manually stimulating or having sex, you have to let intimacy, presence and emotional substance drive technique the more you actually focus on technique and what you're doing or how you're doing it the more you close yourself off to initiating and responding to the experience you're ideally striving to create in tandem and i love that because i that that happens so much now it's like mm-hmm. i think like with people that watch a lot of porn it's so formulaic hmm it's like okay this happens now and then this is the thing that happens next and then this is the thing and I'll have sex with men that won't look me in the eye and and I get it they're not trying to be like my love of my life but why not like yeah. why is sex they're just trying to get theirs as fast as possible and not... yes and why not enjoy it if you're going yeah. to submit and do this thing with someone why not at least enjoy it when you're doing it i mm-hmm. mean maybe that's not enjoyable to yeah, some that's
0: what they they don't find that connection to be helpful in their their other connection
1: yeah well that yeah that's a good point maybe that is more of a turnoff than mm-hmm. it is like for me it's not a turnoff For me, right. if,
0: yeah for women we, we want that connection we prefer that that's what we need yeah. to to get to that point
1: yeah if i like if i'm having sex with somebody and they're like looking me in the eye and we're connecting that way I get fucking crazy turned on. Yeah. And I can tell when a man is clearly trying to avoid that connection Mm -hmm. and it just is, it turns me off. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess I can see how some people like the excitement lies in like that anonymity or that lack of connection. Yeah. So.
1: Especially when you're just hooking up. Yeah. And I I get it, but I'm just saying like you have this one experience, Mm -hmm. you're so... Whether we want to admit it or not, it's the most intimate you're ever going to be with another human being. Just look me in the (laughs) eye. I'm not going to, you know, make you marry me and have my babies. But just look me in the eye. That's all I'm saying. And also with the, you know, with the technique and it's like we, I think we miss the experience of the connection. Mm -hmm. Because maybe we could connect more if we weren't just like, I just need to get off. Yeah. You know, it's like, maybe you could connect with that person. And whether it would make it better, you don't know, because you're not giving it a shot. Well, right. And I mean, I don't know, my experience is that sex with someone that I'm in love with and know very well is 10 times more Mm -hmm. gratifying than a hookup. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've had like one or two hookups where I'm like, that was amazing. But it doesn't be really connecting and... Being on, like, even even if the sex becomes, like, just, I don't know, roped, or it it still feels... Because it has
0: that other
1: layer to it. Yeah, like, you really care about that person, and you know that person's, like, bells and whistles, you know? Mm -hmm. I do not really want to have sex. Um, (laughs) Not with you, don't worry. I mean... I mean, no offense. I would, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Maybe we should. Okay, so some of the chapters in the book are pretty funny. One is stroking his heart on. (laughs) Men do have emotions. What? They do. No. Yes. Come on. They have emotions. And okay, so this basically talks about how one of the main ways that men express their emotions is through making love. And you know, it says they don't have to be in love to have sex. <laughs> um uh, newsflash, nor do I. No. I think that's that's all living beings. Yes, yes. Um okay, so something that for for our listeners that have children, this chapter talks about how men, after a baby's born, their hormones don't change, but women's Shocking. do. <laughs> Women's do Uh, they change because we, we carried them in our bodies. Yes. We carried a child. We, we basically pooped it out of us. We have all kinds of hormones raging around. Absolutely. And so this talks about how it can really ruin a relationship. If people don't, if couples don't talk about it beforehand and talk about what their expectations are with sex Afterwards, because he's like, if more couples would talk about the fact that, hey, I think things might change after we have a baby and we need to figure out uh, emotionally how we're going to connect. Then more couples would probably stand a better chance of Mm -hmm. lasting because he's like a lot of divorce stems from people having children and the emotional connection being Mm -hmm. lost because that. That physical intimacy is right. next to impossible to and maintain. Women, and automa- women get like oxytocin rush like no tomorrow when they have their baby. And men don't. Men don't have that. Now, they men can bond with their children, absolutely, mm-hmm. but not in the way that women do. And so, you know, he just kind of encourages like conversation around it and talking about how that even, the, you know, a lot of men think, well, after a couple months, she'll be back to normal. He's like, some women don't experience sex the same way after they have children. Well, I mean, your equipment is is forever changed. Yeah, right, right. Now, some women do. Some women are more sexual after they have a baby. They enjoy it even more. Good for them. Yeah, right? It just, it depends. So I just thought that that was interesting because mm-hmm. he was like, it's really just about having a conversation at the end of the day. And it's something that people don't want to talk about of like, hey, these are still going to be my desires. Th- these are still going to be my expectations. Mm-hmm. So how do we manage those expectations right. or, for the I man mean, and the woman? Right. The woman's going to be like, I don't want to have sex. You know, I mean, I know a friend of mine, she had her baby and she's like, I have no desire none you know and it's not has nothing to do with him it's just that I just don't I'm tired I I feel gross yeah I I think about how I was ripped apart and it's not sexy you know (laughs) and does she communicate that with Mm -hmm. her partner Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so
0: I I feel like maybe beforehand it would make sense to have a a conversation about it but you won't know for sure until afterwards right like as long as the couple keeps that line of communication open and honest.
1: Yeah. I think it's mostly like with all of these books, that's another kind of running theme is that you have to communicate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People are not mind readers. What? I know. Carla. I know a lot of, I think relationships fail because of that, because we just assume that the person knows and it's like, no, you never expressed that. You mm-hmm. never said that. So interesting information there, but so, butt stuff, um, <laughs> <laughs> Did he
0: talk about butt stuff for women in the other book?
1: Uh yeah, he did. And this is just a couple pages. He doesn't go into like depth here. And you know, he he he, he makes a lot of jokes in the butt section. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting because a lot of people enjoy. Yeah. They enjoy the anal. And he makes quite a a bunch of jokes. Yes, yeah, so it seems like maybe he's not comfortable. With- yeah. Anal play. Well, I think he, you know, I think he is because I think this guy's married. We were talking about and she comes first. His wife was the guinea pig for that book. Lucky her. Sign me up. You know what I'm saying? So, this is what he says though, which I think this is so men carry a ton a ton of stress in their buttocks. Like how we carry it in our sacrum, where if you're having a child, it just goes basically mm-hmm. numb so that you can push that shit out. So men carry that stress in their buttocks. And he talks about how absolutely should be on the menu to massage that butt. When I love there.
0: a great butt massage.
1: Yeah, right? I do too. I do too. So he's like, a lot of men get weird about, you know, things having to do with their butt, but the men who are comfortable with it know that it relieves so much tension and stress and it feels so good and it's yeah. such an arousal. Yeah, that it would enhance their orgasm. Absolutely. A million fold. Absolutely. Because it's, it, it's, he said it's incredible foreplay to just absolutely like get in there and rub that butt. <laughs> um that's my life motto pretty much every day yeah Yeah. get in there and rub that butt it's Mm -hmm. fine with consent of course of course always Always with consent so this is what he says and this is you know to me this was an empowered woman's way of pleasuring a man for sure strip him down to the buff while you remain semi-clothed in lingerie and give him a shower or bath then slowly lather him up and wash him down from head to toe and everywhere in between. The warm water will help relax him, skinning him ready for butt stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to be clear, it says the warm water will relax him, which is vital for a back road excursion, and will focus him on sensual enjoyment. You may also want to watch him wash himself, directing his strokes and telling him when he is permitted to start and stop. This will push his hot buttons by incorporating key themes of voyeurism, exhibitionism, and domination into the rent cycle. Uh, Try tying his hands behind his back or blindfolding him while you wash him to layer in submission and round off the big four hot list. Uh, So here he gets into, I'll I'll let the people at home read the rest. He gets into the details and, you know, he talks about honoring men's boundaries around their butt, Mm -hmm. which I think is funny because it basically, it's like, our vaginas are so sensitive to, and he talks about it like it's, you know, it's blown glass or something. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to be really, which I get. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. But to me, it's no more sensitive than any part of my body that you could stimulate yeah. manually. I mean,
0: everything he just described there, like, I would appreciate that yeah. for myself if we were going to to. <laughs> enjoy those activities. Well,
1: absolutely. And, and I think that, yes, of course, but I think in a lot of, um, romance novels or fantasies or whatever, it's kind of a given that you're going to lather up the lady, run the hot bubble mm-hmm. bath for her. Like that's a given how many men. Yeah. I come got that home to a bubble bath and come home, you know, to really like a warm shower that you like, just, sh- I mean, I'm sure it happened. I'm not saying this doesn't happen, But it's not this isn't what we fantasize for men, you know, and and a lot of men, I think, shut themselves off to those kinds of experiences because they get nervous about what does that mean? That's too girly. Hashtag self-care. Hashtag self-care. It's okay, guys. Yeah. Pop on a face mask. Right. It's a good time. I know. I think there are a lot of men out there now, more than ever, that are willing to go get a mani-pedi with their wife. Oh yeah. You know? Who doesn't love a good foot massage? Well, absolutely. And butt massage, obviously. No, it's true. It's true. So, you know, I think, so this just kind of deals with kind of getting past the taboo of it and just going for it and enjoying it. So
0: it's more beginner-less jump right into the pegging
1: right yes it doesn't go into pegging so much no it does not do that that's another book yeah go- another day google that shit yeah and then you know but it does talk about it so definitely check that chapter out the butt stops here so then like near the end of the book he kind of i think he wraps it up nicely because he says Suddenly, I thought about the woman on the shaky bridge. The psychologist who conducted that study went on to hypothesize that falling in love was a process of self-expansion. That first powerful bang when you're staying up all hours of the night, talking and touching, getting to know each other's likes and dislikes, disappointments and aspirations. And it's not simply that you're falling in love with the other person. It's that it allows you to fall in love with yourself through their eyes as well. To rediscover yourself. To question who you are and what you want. And it all happens at such a frenetic speed. It's like an electric current recharging your brain. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. Because I don't think we think about great sex in that way. Um, as much anymore. Okay. So ultimately I recommend the book. There are obviously, there's some criticisms of the book. There's always criticisms of every book. But I think. If you are interested in understanding a man's body a little bit more, understanding what makes them tick, even getting a little aroused reading some of the suggestions, I think this is a great book. And this is something that Biscuits had to say on Amazon. (laughs) Biscuits said, gave a one-star review and said, not worth it, skip this book. Uh, She Comes First was a good book with helpful techniques. So I thought this book for pleasing men would be in the same sphere. As others have stated already, this book is big about telling you it will eventually reveal the keys to spicing up your sex life, but fails to deliver anything of real value or note. I I disagree. I'm like, did you read the book? Am I okay? Am I missing something? Because I feel like, no, there's actually a lot of information in there. I'm sorry if it doesn't fulfill everyone's, kinks or whatever mm-hmm. but I think it definitely covers the basics for sure and then a little bit beyond he does talk about SM and bondage and tying your man up. you know stuff like that he talks about that so I don't know meh someone said meh lots of little stories about 20-somethings it is his clients I mean these are people he's mm-hmm. treating he does he bring he kind of weaves them in there yeah that's
0: fascinating that His clients are that age, you'd think that they would be older,
1: some of them are couples, yeah. No, some of them are. It's varied. He's he's uh, you know, he's a very popular therapist, so he's got a spectrum. But some of them are younger and some of them are older. This says this is from Mm Hucklebearer. It only works if you have a spicy wife.
0: (laughs) I mean, the cover of the book is a spicy pepper, it is a spicy pepper.
1: That's right. Which on uh, She Comes First, it, there's a sad banana in the background and then like a beautiful papaya. And this oh. is a spicy red pepper. <laughs> so this guy is all about imagery. But I love that spicy wife. Now, she says that he she doesn't care or he. I don't, I don't know. I didn't care for the sexist tone of either of his books. His approach implies that the problem with many relationships is lack of effort or selfishness on the man's part. I just don't, I disagree. I I feel like he's, um, I I don't, I I didn't get that from it, but I mean, you can take what you want to take, but a lot of times when people call these books feminist or sexist, or it's because they're offended. Uh, That's, that's my opinion. I, I think they might be offended by the content because I, I didn't find it to be, that sexist i felt like it's a man expressing what if you want to know how to please mm-hmm. a man what to do right and when were these and you reviews and
0: comments ran because maybe through the lens of today it is comes across well, very different than yeah, when it first was released
1: most of these from like 2017 2018 2000 uh here's one um From AJ, a refreshing look at male sexuality. I'm a guy. It was refreshing to hear Dr. Kerner's view of male sexuality, highly focused on psychological rather than mechanical aspects of sex. While I'm sure there are plenty of physically based tricks a woman could do to add that extra enjoyment to a sexual counter, I cannot imagine a girl doing anything to turn me on more than letting me know she's enjoying what she's doing and that she wants to make this as enjoyable for me as possible. Guys like feeling sexy too. And I loved that. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, they do. And we don't, it's the woman who's supposed to feel sexy and the man who's supposed to sexualize. Mm-hmm. We need to flip the script on that. We need to allow men yeah. to feel sexy and we need to allow women to to feel more in control. Right. You know? And I feel
0: like <clears throat> in my long-term relationship now, it's definitely, there's been an evolution yeah. of the sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're just having a hookup, it's like, that's what makes it sexy. But it's like, if you're in a committed relationship, knowing that the other person is enjoying it, that is, I feel like, is what is the big turn on and like, what makes it hot. Right,
1: exactly. I know, because it's hard nowadays, when variety is such an option, there's a lot of people that have issues with commitment already and then to know there's like you can just go on an app and just keep swiping until mm-hmm. somebody's gonna say yeah and I think that when you're in a long-term relationship the thing that would be exciting and the thing that was exciting for me and mine was just figuring out like what else I could do to make him turned on you know to, mm-hmm. to get him like in interested or or worked up or, and it was like the weirdest stuff. It, you know, it would. It mm-hmm. was like the rhythm that we found with each other, even though we were long distance. So I think that added to, and mm-hmm. I don't think it took away from our sex life at all. It added to it. Yeah. But, it's a whole nother layer of <clears throat> desire and, and then
0: missing the other person. Yeah.
1: And you're going to be together for like maybe six days, maybe nine days, and then you're going to leave and then you're going to see him again in a couple months. And it's like, you're getting it all out, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, ultimately this book has 62% five-star reviews, 7% one-star, and then the range in between is, it's either people, it feels like to me, based on this is either people loved it or they hated it. And I don't know that I loved it, but I definitely liked it. Yeah, and I definitely some useful nuggets. Absolutely. There. And if you want to kind of figure out what makes your man tick, Get the book. If you go don't. Go to your local library. Go to the library. Get the book. Go to Kindle. Go to amazon.coms and get the book. That's what I did. So, yeah, that's it. There was a online book review of it by uh, Lady J. <laughs> if you guys ever want to check out her, her blog is fascinating. And I just found it because of this book. And so, she she reviews online in her blog. She reviews books She is my competition, except that it's a blog, so it's fine. But anyway, she talks about it, and she says, first of all, it's an Amazon bestseller. People obviously like what Dr. Kerner has to say. He has an approachable, down-to-earth writing style. He likes to call him, I should not drink wine before I do a podcast. (laughs) He likes to call himself the neighborhood sex therapist. I would agree with that in terms of his voice. Uh, however, he is no slouch. He knows his stuff. And I found the book to be engaging and interesting, which I agree with. And she says the best part of the book is Dr. Kerner's specific instructions on the hand job. (laughs) I can't say enough good things about hand jobs. I recall being the neophyte sitting there staring at the penis, wondering what am I supposed to do with it? That's not a great feeling. And yeah. So she just goes on to say that he, He breaks it down, you know, for women who are maybe like lacking in confidence or they don't know how to, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, I feel
0: like that was a resource I needed when I was, you know, like 18, seeing my first penis. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Right.
1: Right. (laughs) What do I do now?
0: What? Put it in my mouth?
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, it's true. Because I was a late bloomer in some ways, I think these books fascinate me because I had been obviously exposed to sex, but I hadn't had sex until I was much older in life. Mm -hmm. And so I, a lot of this stuff still is like, well, that's news to me. (laughs) I'm still learning. I mean, I've learned so much from all these books for sure, but definitely still learning. And these books, I think are great. They're helping me. And like I've said on other episodes, this season is that there hasn't been one book this season that I've just hated. There were books in our first season that I just did not like that I was like, that's horrible advice. But for some reason, the sex books, they're speaking (laughs) to me. (laughs) Much better. (laughs) They're speaking to me, people. I love them. So that's about it for Passionista, the Empowered Woman's Guide to Pleasuring a Man. Do you have any closing thoughts or anything you'd like to say?
0: Um, I feel like, you know, now that I've... I have listened to the the podcast about she comes first and now hearing and chatting with you about passionista, you know, like you said, I'm fascinated maybe taking a deep dive into some of his other novels to see what else he has to say. No, he definitely, he
1: has a niche book market. Yeah, exactly. And he's got other, he's definitely got other books that he's um, written on the topic and he, he is an expert. So that's another thing too across the board with a lot of these books the, the people that have written a lot of these books are not just writing books about sex they're people who have studied it who have you know doctorate degrees um, a lot of the other relationship books are people that are like I thought I should say this about this and they just write it um the the one I did last week the sensuous woman she was very clear that she had no background but most of the most of the sex therapists are are yeah, they have the credentials to back it up. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, um, I recommend the book. I think people should read it if they want to read it, if they want to know how to suck dick. Um, <laughs> I mean, who does Better. If they want yeah. to do it better. I think most women are just born with an intuition about it.
0: Yeah. But, but I, I think more than reading a book, I'm sure there's some hot tips in there. But it, like we've said multiple times, it's all about that communication and, and, absolutely. and connecting with your partner on Making yeah. sure you're you're on the same page of what absolutely they
1: enjoy. and i'm totally being silly cuz there's a yeah. lot more in this book than just about how to give head there there really like, is, so how to how to give those blowies there blowies um butt stuff and emotional connections eye contact they cover it all <laughs> and thank you so much for giving me wine before we got started tonight I slurred quite a few words. I will be editing for a while, so that'll be interesting. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks this for fashion. inviting me upstairs, Naib. You're welcome, Nabe. I've Come so far. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening again. This is season two, episode 11 of Land Your Man. We have a couple more episodes in this season, so we look forward to it. Next week, uh, I actually lied last week about which uh, book it was going to be, and I next week we have a surprise. I'm not going to tell you the book because I have a guest coming on And um, I'm actually going to let her pick the book. So stay tuned. Go check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And if you like the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you gave us uh, a review, a, a good review. And also if you followed us on Instagram and shared our information. It helps us grow. So thank you so much and have a wonderful week and we will see you next week. next Friday. Bye. Bye-bye. Land Your Man podcast is a subsidiary of nothing and is produced in association with no one other than Carla and Delia Knight.